My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Sex ed. What was yours like? Did you have any at home or school? Chances are you've learned a lot from experience, and I'm guessing you have at least a funny tale or two to show for it. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am so stoked to be sharing this space with you. A couple of weeks ago, I sat down with Dave Buddha, a writer and podcaster you may recognize from Dude Panel Radio, to gab about sex ed, masturbation, high heels, period sex, and more. Here is the bulk of our chat, starting with a couple of our own amusing sex ed memories. A quick story about lack of sexual education in my small town, Massachusetts, growing up, where everybody's Irish Catholic, and of course, you know, they're like classic, not talk about sex. Um, I was dating this girl, um, and she she actually had a pretty good education, like that. She was Her parents just were liberal in that way, I guess, and progressive. And... Um, and so, and we, my good friend was dating her good friend. So we kind of like, we would talk about them occasionally. And she told me, she told me once and, and her friend was a very quintessential Irish Catholic girl. She actually did Irish step dancing too. And, and, um, and this was senior year in high school. So we were probably like 17, 18 years old, <laughs> old enough to know about things. Um, so she goes to me once, she said, you won't believe what, uh, this girl said to me the other day. She's like, she goes, she asked me if she could get pregnant by touching uh, Scott, the guy's name is Scott, by touching Scott's penis. This is like an 18-year-old person. There was, I mean, I love the fact that she asked, first of all, that she did, yeah. you know, like, but she was like, hey, I'm genuinely curious, like, will I get pregnant if I touch it with my hand? And I was like, wow. She must have been working really hard to not touch any anybody who appeared to be male. I probably, yeah. I mean, I have a story like that from earlier on in life. When I was in kindergarten, I asked my mom how babies were made. And she told me that when a couple loves each other, that they pray to God and God puts a baby in the mom's tummy. So I started having anxiety that because thoughts and prayers all kind of seemed like the same thing to me. So I thought, what if I accidentally see a baby and I think baby and God thinks (laughs) she wants a baby and then God puts a baby in me. And so every time I'd get a stomach ache, I was horrified that I was pregnant. I was like, I'm going to have to tell my mom, sorry, I accidentally prayed for a baby. I wonder, wonder what you, that would have been really funny if you, if you were like, okay, I got a stomach ache and you're like, I must be pregnant. And you're like, Mom, I have to I have yeah. to talk to you about something. <laughs> Ever, this is really tough for me. Um, and you're, I don't know, I'm about 14 or something. And I'm, I'm pregnant. And your mom probably would have been freaked out by that. Oh, but yes, she But come to find out, have. you were just, you know, you just, you just, you it thought God had, had, you know, you thought it was that. And, um, but yeah. that would have been really fun. That would have been like in a full circle. It's like, oh, maybe I should have taught her the real thing. I guess it's yeah. coming back to bite me in the ass a little yeah. bit, you know. Karma gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I like that. Yeah. Like celebrating women's arousal and, and yeah. yeah. And, you know, we do, the female body does get boners I mean, yeah. they get hard and erect and all of that yeah. but 
sexual pleasure has obviously so much more than than that involved. And mm-hmm. so I decided to trademark it because when I very first started working on Girl Boner, which was maybe five years ago or so, like officially working on it as a as a brand and a pursuit and a company, my slang dictionary had a whole bunch of terms related to male sexual pleasure and there weren't any for for female. And now there's there's some like some people say lady boner, there's like some other things you find in urban dictionary or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But so I wanted to trademark it and I thought I should trademark it before I started blogging about it because I mm-hmm. thought everyone's going to want to trademark girl boner. Right. Like who would not want to trademark girl boner? Cuz yeah. my favorite word and yeah. and that I come to find out how difficult it was to get it trademarked because it was considered vulgar, even though I had it rejected a couple of times, which was really interesting because you can, you can access all these records of trademarking, right? Yeah. And so I, along with a friend of mine, found all of these examples of sex-related brands that had been trademarked that were geared towards, towards guys. Yeah. And they went through no problem. And were some of them pretty explicit? I mean, in a sense, like compared to the Puritan values. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some measure this stuff. Totally. Yeah. I mean, clearly imbalanced. Completely. I mean, you think like Hooters. They're just like a bunch of. It it, it had to do with the audience and also people thinking of a girl as sexual. You know, they thought it it makes people uncomfortable, which was motivating for me, but it also was challenging. So it took a couple of years, but I finally. Finally got there. That's ridiculous. It's so funny. I yeah. just keep thinking, God, 2016, here we are. I know. Like we did it, you know, I guess we've arrived at where we're at. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's really interesting. I, I um, Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so I want to ask you this question um, because this is especially one that I feel like Obi and I don't have much expertise on. I mean, we, we have masturbated on our bellies before, but in different ways, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, so this is um, this is from someone in Victoria who writes in. She says, do you know that a way for some women to masturbate is lying on her belly and rubbing her clit against the bed? Do you find that hot or a turnoff? And um, yeah, I guess I just wanted to talk about like this from a geeky masturbation standpoint. Um, I just find I find it hot when women are masturbating in general. So that's just, this is you know, uh, I I find it a relief just to kind of speak to this for Victoria. I find it a huge relief when women have taken the time to understand their bodies and um, yeah, I love it. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I wanted to because we had talked about this a little bit and, yeah. and also the, the the masturbation geekiness. So yeah, it's an interesting question because she brings up a point that is really commonly discussed, I think, which is like, is masturbation shameful? Do mm-hmm. you find it hot if your partner masturbates? Do you th- find it a turn off, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I agree. I think it's, first of all, I think it's a, a turn on to know that my partner knows his body too, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that they're having pleasure is a great thing. Um, and I'm really a huge fan and advocate for women's pleasure, everybody's pleasure, but mm-hmm. I think masturbation is more shunned for people who identify as, as female. Right. And uh, and I did participate in the orgasm MRI research, so I got to self-stimulate in a or in a, you know, MRI machine and they studied my brain and all mm-hmm. of that. So mm-hmm. it's something I love geeking out on. And yeah. uh, she mentioned on your belly, that's a really great way to to have all the places stimulated. Mm-hmm. Your, your clit is stimulated. It's actually my favorite position to masturbate in yeah, so yeah. I think it's a it's a great question and I'm glad that she's talking about it and I'm interested that she's wondering if it's a turnoff because I think you know why she probably thinks it's a turnoff is because porn doesn't masturbate that way 
You know, uh, so we've kind of maybe had some standard like it's really hot when a woman's like laying on like on her kind of on her back with her like legs open. And she's like, and like that's this that's the way women masturbate, right? Because yeah. laying on your stomach is a bit more is way more internal. Like it's not as quote unquote fun to watch somebody doing that. Although I don't it, you know, yeah, think it's fun too. Yeah. But it's like you there's a they're much more. It's not a show. You know, yes. whereas the other one's kind of something that could be a show and depending on what you're into, whatever. Um, and that's I think really that's kind point. of probably why I just thought of that. I think that's probably where she's coming from here, mm. um, which which is interesting that she's that she's. Well, first of all, it's just kind of interesting that she's thinking about what men think about how she masturbates. First of all, that's kind of like a bad place to start. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, it's like, OK, I like masturbating the way I like masturbating, but like. Would that be okay with the male species if I did it that way? <laughs> I wonder if it's because she wants to masturbate next to her partner or in front of him and just wonders, you know? Because I, I think couple masturbation is really cool too. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. What I would say if, if that were the case is you could do it laying on top of him or him laying on top of you, depending mm-hmm. on kind of where even him. So I guess there's different configuration. He could You could lay um, on top of him and him be like face up and you're there or he could you could be on the bed and he could just put his weight on you which might be probably even better because if you're already enjoying being on your stomach on the bed you're probably enjoying some sort of weight on you already and so him kind of doubling down on that might be kind of cool and he'd still feel like a part of it mm-hmm. you know and then yeah. also that's a really nice for me as a man when I'm when I'm, when I'm tasked with just existing and letting gravity work on me that's a nice like low expect it's like cool you don't do anything yeah just be the weight you are like Mm. i like that i can i can work with that yeah yeah Um, it also helps to use something to prop yourself up on yeah so if she's flat on the bed it's not going to be as easy if if she's hoping to have a lot of pleasure and to to orgasm then she would probably want to prop herself on a pillow there's also that really amazing sex toy the sibian the little thing that you mount oh yeah yeah Yeah. and i i think that's a brilliant design and that comes with the i haven't that, does that come with the dildo on it, or is it? Is that just I believe a it does. Thing yeah, I believe it does. It might be an attachment. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's an amazing machine, really, yeah. Yeah. and it's the one that I used to dr- like a variation of it. Would dream of having because it is that is really the easiest way for most. And I don't want to be too general because everyone's so different. But yeah. a lot of people with vulvas tend to have a lot more pleasure and easier time experiencing orgasm when they mm-hmm. are in that position yeah. you know because you're getting the surface area and then whether she uses her fingers or a toy or her partner mm-hmm. you know it's a great way to to reach all those juicy places yeah 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 i like that yeah and i yeah i find if i can be involved even a little bit i'm i'm happy about that so if she was like oh yeah i just if you could just even just like maybe place a hand on my my sacrum and push down a little bit or something like that and i just and i'm kind of just like cool and she's like that's really helping i'm like great and she may really enjoy being watched which can be a big turn on and that can then be a turn on for the partner too right it's like that whole exhibition type thing yeah or maybe it's that you're both masturbating in front of each other you know without touching which adds this sort of anticipation and yeah hunger to it which is pretty cool yeah yeah i say play and have fun and 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 also just question why why would you be concerned like you said mm-hmm. that it might be a turnoff? Yeah, I like the point that she probably wants to do it in front of him or is is thinking about something. You surprise him. He comes home from work and you know, yeah, there she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. Um, that's from from Buenos Aires. So um, good question. Let's do another one here. So this is from Claire. 
And she says, how to get a guy to be a gentleman and ask you out like one. Being upfront and honest opposed, as opposed to the regular female thing of not saying what she means is not working. Hmm. So this is the, sometimes the grammar here is tough to read, but like, so it sounds like, how do you get, how do you get a guy to ask you out like a gentleman, quote unquote. And she's, because we do suggest the upfront and honest approach a lot. And she's saying maybe that's not uh, working as she hoped. Huh. Um, you know, if you, let's say, let's say, let's say that you, that there was like um, maybe a girl in her 20s that you became friends with. And she was like, August, like, I don't know. Huh? Like, can you take me out and show me how to meet guys? Like, what's the, <laughs> what's the deal? Like, they don't pay attention to me or they don't ask me out. Like, like, what would you, if you got to spend a day with her, like, what would you do? You know, my approach has always been very kind of anti-strategic in a way mm -hmm. in that I just am such a firm belief. I think there's great value in going out and specifically trying to meet someone. Mm -hmm. But in my own experience and a lot of my friends, the best way I think to, to meet somebody if you're looking for a serious relationship is to be out there doing what you love doing. You know, mm. if you don't love going to clubs, then don't go to a club just because you're hoping to meet someone. Yeah. Uh, if you're, you know, if you love hiking, you can join a hiking club. If you uh, love traveling, you know, t take yourself on adventures. Like I, that's always been, when, whenever I've been, and this isn't to say she's in this scenario, but whenever yeah. I have been like desperately seeking, mm -hmm. I attract somebody who's like, I, I don't know if it's they're attracted to my desperation and so that's why it's like toxic or if I just was not in a healthy place, you know, but when I'm feeling really strong in myself, which, you know, is kind of the cliche, like you attract love when you are working on yourself. So, mm -hmm. but if you want someone to ask you out and they're not, you know, I'm very much a fan of, of being upfront too. Mm -hmm. I would probably tell them that. I, you could do it subtly, yeah. you know, you could yeah. say, you know, I was kind of hoping you were going to ask me yeah. out as kind of a joke even and just see yeah. or and there's still like a, there's still a spot there for him to actually ask you out. Like yeah. I really feel like as a guy, like if a woman came up to me and she was like, boy, I really was just hoping that you'd ask me out. And then she just didn't just left it at that. That, be like, that might work. I'd be like, cause there's still like, it's still a little bit. I still have to take a little bit of a leap to go like, so does that mean would you like to go out sometime i mean like it would still be there's still and she, oh why i love to that's really thank you you know like, yeah it's still a little bit of a uh you know i'm i'm still i still feel like at there's some agency for me yeah. to like actually still do something um and yeah and i think this is also something that that you know it's clear that she would like to be asked out more maybe so than than being the asker outer, which is fine because there's just subtle ways to do it, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, I always like I was like the um, hey, can you help me with this kind of approach? You know, just like find something that men like to tinker with, probably smartphone or something, and just walk up and ask for like help. And then while he's helping him, just kind of like touch his arm or something. You know, mm -hmm. um, but I think it's worth saying that you know, um, in 2016, at least in somewhat progressive countries and mm -hmm. um the beginning with the gender role assumption that you know here i am as a woman and the way i should meet a man is to play these traditional roles um is probably good if you really want a traditional relationship so if you've determined for yourself you're like you know what like i would just love uh to be a wife and to a husband who is maybe doing typical provider things maybe i 
want to have kids, take care of a home, live in a house with a nice white picket fence. And like, if that's your idea of a good time, which it totally might be, then I think maybe doing that more traditional way of meeting someone would be cool. However, if you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, I'm a more, I'm a complex being. I want to express different parts of myself. Then I think it's on you to also find a different way to pick up people to like meet them because if you're meeting them in these traditional ways, you're setting up a traditional relationship and you could steer the car to different streets, but like you're, you're starting off the relationship in a traditional way and that guy is going to expect traditional stuff. Um, and, and, and I've it, personally, as I've, you know, especially recently, I've, I've got a huge value around just people who don't start their identity with their gender. When, you know, it's like, so they're, they may have, you know, um, inclinations, they may have skills and abilities and enthusiasms towards certain things. And it's not like, it's just because they're a unique person, you know, like I happen to be kind of like a somewhat typical dude, you know, and, and yet I, I find it extremely boring when women just kind of typecast me as a guy that would like XYZ because I'm a guy. It's like, well, I do happen to like lift heavy things and I'm fantastic at parallel parking. And, you know, like there's some things about me that are typical guy and it's just boring when I'm doing that because that's the game. Yeah. You know? And so I would, you know, I would just kind of like, I would ask her if I could talk to her. I'd say like, hey, like, do you, do, do you want that traditional relationship? And, and it, because there's guys out there that would, I don't know, any guy, any guy would love just a woman to ask them out. It's not, and, yeah. and because you ask them out doesn't mean that now you're wearing the pants for the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can say, hey, you know, like it, that's, and then also talking about that. This is something I've been into lately, but I call it like kind of conscious polarity, which is like, you know, cool. Like let's uh, all, you know, why don't I take the lead here to do this X thing and you take the lead and do this. Or maybe even while we're making out, let's like, I, I came up with this game where you like tap each other to like switch off like polarities and stuff. Oh, and it's cool. really fun. It's like, <laughs> it's great. And it allows people to actually just be in the experience of that masculine or feminine thing without worrying so much about it. It'd be like, Hey, whatever it's, we're doing this and that's okay. And so I don't, so if I'm a guy and I'm feeling a little bad about surrendering into my feminine, making all sorts of noise and gyrating or whatever I'm doing as a feminine person, I'm, I'm not going to feel so bad about it if it's like my job because we're playing a game where like, I'm doing like that. that. And then for for women, and I think a lot of women, especially in my community, there's this whole movement around like this post-feminism feeling bad about your masculine side thing. And I'm just like, I really would love that. I mean, it's crazy. Like I, I just tell women like, listen, if you didn't have that, the masculine part of you, like you probably wouldn't even be talking right now. Like I'm not really that interested in that at all. And and so I would like you to at least just be feel comfortable to bring that out with me. And it's okay if you don't want to occasionally mm-hmm. or whatever. But like I really like that part. And I think that having the consciousness around the decisions is allows women to just actually express that masculine side of them like fully, which is kind of a radical idea for a lot of people and a lot of the relationships I've been in. To actually watch a woman in her like full masculine power mm-hmm. is cool, you yeah, know? And it's yeah. like go for it you know and and i can i can you know i can play both so it's like yeah, yeah a little and converse about, about it like you said it's so interesting how often we sort of dance around and kind of like you said play sort of a game or try to get the other person to do something mm-hmm. where 
we could have a conversation that might feel really vulnerable, but that's also potentially how you're going to get to know, you know, who each other are. And also it really strengthens your relationship from the beginning to be able yeah. to have conversations about that and be like, totally. Hey, cause you know. you're taking any expectations off the table, yeah. which is kind of a prerequisite for me anyways. If I'm going to be in a relationship now these days, it's like, have you examined this? So you know what I'm talking. I mean, I guess I'll give them the speech. So if they, they kind of like, if they're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, fire trucks and Barbies when you're a kid and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that kind of like yeah. the genderization thing. But yeah. I'm like, uh, you know, if they're on board with that, then I'm like, cool. Like, so yeah, let's do that. And again, I'm, I love, you know, I love being called to service, you know, as that masculine guy, but the expectation to service, not so exciting. You know, nobody yeah. ever was like, nobody ever was like, ugh, when's Batman going to show up? Jeez, I mean, you know, he know he knows something's happening here. Yeah. I mean, guys, it's all over the news. Why isn't he doing he, it? Yeah, it, but he's not. He's not showing up. And you know, yeah. he did this last week too. Yeah. What's the deal? No, like you put out a huge signal. He's like, "Yo, we really need you now." You yeah. don't. It, we're not. It's not an expectation. We just like nobody else is going to be able to beat up this dude, but you. Yeah. So please help us out. Yeah. And he's like, "Sure." Even though he's sleepy and beat up, he'll come out. You know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how at least guys or a masculine person or that's how I think too you know it's like yeah. we're not starting with the assumption that it's Batman's job to police the whole city yeah it's not he's just a, he's a vigilante you, you know so yeah and I love I, th- I feel so respected when a, a guy respects my my choices and my you know if I want to pay for something you know I I dated a couple of guys who would refuse that mm-hmm. and that just felt so awful to me and not every you know like you said if you want a really traditional relationship then maybe that i've heard from people who feel very offended when a guy doesn't pay for everything Mm -hmm. i moved to la as an actress i had an air mattress Mm -hmm. you know a lot of my guy friends had air mattresses Mm -hmm. and they were great guys totally dateable wonderful guys but they aren't going to be able to pay for you for everything and i was getting wined and dined all over the place you know i was in my early 20s and i was just like was so normalized within the atmosphere I was in that I didn't really think about it too much until a really mm-hmm. good guy friend of mine was like, how am I ever going to get a date? Like, I don't have money to go to one, of, you know, like he couldn't mm-hmm. buy drinks. Like, yeah. and here I am, people just giving me stuff. And it just felt, it's just interesting that, you know, I think it's something we need to examine in ourselves and, and question where our beliefs came from and if we want to keep them the way they are. Yeah. And to respect that, you know, like you said, expectations aren't very helpful. Right. I mean, I love the, ex- my favorite example is in, in a lion pride amongst lions, the women do all the hunting. Because the men are bigger and have these big old manes, so they can't really crouch in the grass because they're like huge. And the, the men, they play their role, you know. And and somehow, and then they still got the king of the jungle role. Like they're like, yeah. th- you know, it wasn't like people came along and like, well, you guys, I don't know if you can be king of the jungle because you don't really hunt that much. Yeah. <laughs> what are you really contributing here? Oh, you're protecting people once in a while. Oh, you you got you know, yeah. you're contributing to making lion babies, but like. No, like they're cool with that, you know? They're just like, yeah, you're sleeker and faster. You chase down the gazelles, you know, and I'll come and eat them and not feel bad about that, you know? (laughs) It's like, okay, sometimes in relationships, one person's just really good at making money, you know? And it's like... Could be either person. And then you can switch off too. Hey, cool, you want to do a little six-month like artist thing? I'll support you. Great, you know? I happen to be a man or a woman, doesn't matter, whatever. 
Yeah. Um, I think that's a really, those are the kind of relationships I really like. I agree. Totally. I interviewed a wonderful woman, Sandra Lamargazi recently. She's a dominatrix and I've had her on my show a couple of times and she and another dominatrix I've interviewed both say that so many of their clients are more traditional men in their lives mm-hmm. and they have so much responsibility and they have to be in yeah. charge of everything and they just want to be like bossed around and dominated and even humiliated and that's yep. a big turn on for them, you know? And mm-hmm. I think just meeting people where they're at and uh, and really, like you said, ha- keeping it a conversation and knowing that it doesn't need to stay this way every day of our relationship. Right. Yeah, I've heard that from other sex workers too where they're like, the reason that people come to us is not to get off. It's right. to actually just express a part of themselves that they can't express in their life. Yeah. That's it. So they're just one hard conversation away from doing that. It's a very therapeutic <laughs> you know? line of work. I mean, they're, yeah. they usually are doing more emotional work than anything. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm good with these questions. Um, if you'd like to uh, girl boner it up. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I have... A bunch of really common questions that I either ask a lot of my guests or people write in as well. Mm-hmm. And I've asked a lot of women and non-binary folks these questions, and I would love to get like your dude mm-hmm. response. I'm gonna be a cisgendered, you know, <laughs> white privileged dude. I'm gonna try to really represent us. Yes, the, the culture. Every here. single one of them. It's up to you. <laughs> no, no, just you. Uh, so first, what did you learn about sex growing up? I mean, not my, well, I mean, growing up, I suppose um, my growing up hasn't ended in that way for sure. Or, you know, at least I feel like I didn't really figure out, feel like I had any much figured out until like my late 20s, you know. Um, I I even, I joked to my parents a couple of years ago, I said, you know, you realize that like where we grew up, there's like no sex ed, right? Like I had, I had like a week of it in fifth grade. I remember this. It was in fifth grade elementary school and they like pull us all in their classroom they're like okay guys we're gonna teach you this you know whatever and they pulled up some slides of course reproduction you know this is a penis this is a blah 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 blah. and we just i I remember it was like uncontrollable giggles just like giggles just giggle fest it was like we were all on like like drugs or something (laughs) and just sitting there and so nothing was really getting through it wasn't there was no it was just like this okay we're checking the boxes we and it was like three days you know, one period a day, and then that was it. And then I went off to the Naval Academy, which also not a great place to learn about sex and, and uh, you know, progressive things like that. Um, but I was started having sex at least, so I had some experience. Um, you know, fortunately, I had some, some women that were very patient and uh, taught me things. Uh, older women, I feel like, you know, it, so I, I, I've got a friend who goes to, um, goes to Europe every year and, and goes and lives with intentional communities. And especially there's um, one in Portugal t- called Tamara. And I don't, I don't know exactly the details of this, so I can't be positive. But one of the things he said was that in one of these communities, they, they, essentially, have, they essentially have a thing where when men are coming into their sexuality, like older women, like pull them aside and like have a sort of a teacher student, but still very loving, like sexual relationship with them and show them what sex is about and how it works. And, and, and they're not doing with a blackboard. Like, so this guy's actually getting his needs met too. He's like, wow, this feels great. I feel good. I feel loved. And, 
you know, well, you mean I didn't have to make a lot of money to get that? Oh, that was cool. Or like, I didn't have, you know, like guys are getting the message that like, cool. It's like, this is cool. And she's not expecting anything from you. It's just feels good. And, and she gets pleasure out of helping you. And, and that's sort of how they bring people up. And, you know, somewhere in Western Europe, wherever that is, <laughs> got to find out where it is. It's really nice. Um, and so, yeah, I did not have that. <laughs> but in a way, you know, like women I dated sort of taught me things. And I, I think that was a big part of me, my, the way I just dated growing up. You know, I, one of my favorite things to do on a date was always to just like meet at someone's house and cook food together because I wasn't very good at cooking. And the, the women I would be with would always be really good or just better. They just always had a, like a baseline of like that was just better than me. And and it was almost kind of funny. I'd like kind of play. I'd be like it'd be like funny because I'd be so dumb. They'd be like they'd be like no, you don't put the rice in the like the strain. You'd put it in the cooker and it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I, I, don't, I really don't know. But now I know. Thank you. Like this is really cool. And so we make food together and they teach me. And that was just a fun dynamic. Uh, I saw in one of your videos actually it was Obi talking about his biggest turn ons. Mm-hmm. What are yours? Oh, they've been changing a lot lately. Um, I think one of the ones lately is this gender fluidity. Someone who can show up really strongly in both the masculine and feminine uh, polarities and doesn't have any shame about it. It's just like, yeah, that's cool. I went on a date a couple years ago with a girl who mostly dates women and we just had a fantastic time. And I was like, wow, like I really, I get along really well with these type of women. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I'm also a sapiosexual, you know, so I've got... um, if I can really mind meld with somebody, that's really sexy for me. Um, you know, it, it, when I see, I, and then when I meet other writers, I think writing, when I can like, when I see, because I think part of my turn on, I think this is true for a lot of men, and I think women to some extent too, but a huge part of my turn on is when I can see potential for relationship. And that really almost has nothing to do with how turned on and erotic and how attractive they are a woman is like um like physically yeah physically or even just the fact that she could turn me on and 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 be a sexual powerhouse or all that like that's that's great and and then there's this whole other category of things that like i could see our lives together and i could see that being really awesome and then that's that becomes a turn on for me that becomes like oh yeah like you're not into mon- you're not into monogamy either like Ooh, you know, like let's talk some more. Like, and I'm actually being turned on. You know, it's 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 a real experience of that. And so, um, yeah. So, like, gender fluidity. I think um, someone who is not anti-romance, but is kind of a pragmatist about it. Again, this is kind of where I go with Reed too. This pragmatist thing. Um, someone who is like who has thought about all this stuff and like put it all on the table and been like. No, not a, oh, that's that's nice. No, I'm not into that. Yeah, yeah, marriage is good, but you know what? I'd actually want this part of it, but I don't want this part of it. And I don't want to wear a dress. I want to wear a cape, or I don't know, whatever. Like somebody who's really thought about that stuff, so is not coming in with like the cultural baggage that somebody else might. And this is this this goes for somebody I would go on a first date with, or just hook up, or relationship anybody, because. Um, to the extent that they have, they're bringing cultural baggage. Like we're gonna have to work with that, and that just not interested in that. Um, so someone who's really broken down, even like the the, the gender conversation. You know, the, yeah. there's certain 
you know, there's there's a language. There's a there's something you can tell. I mean, like you know, within you know ten minutes of this podcast, like I can I can tell by the language you're using, but what you your worldview about things, you know, and that's important to. You know, it's like like Reed uses the penis owner or vulva owner, you know, kind of these kind of like interesting. It's not man, but like somebody who's really thought about this stuff. And then within that framework, found their identity, found Mm -hmm. a self-expression that works for them. And, you know, that's really that's a huge turn on to me. Awesome. Speaking of gender roles. Uh, I gave up high heels for a year. It's actually been more than a year now. But after at Cannes Film Festival, I don't know if you heard that women were turned away from the festival for showing up in flats last year. What? Yeah, that's what I said. And then I also was like, they were so brave. And I so I started to investigate why I thought that was brave. Like, I couldn't show up in flats. So I gave up heels, yeah. basically. And I had been writing about it and talking about it. So I'm really curious. I haven't asked guys as much. I've heard from a few. How do you feel about high heels? Well, I mean, I, I I have an opinion about the fact that you, they wouldn't let women in high heels or that, without high heels. That, that's that's crazy. I mean, I'm a, first of all I'm a huge Prince fan. Uh, he's absolutely the biggest musical influence in my life. Um, and when you could see a guy like that walk around on stage in high heels, it makes you question some things. You're like, he's amazing. And, you know, Prince to me is an example of someone who gender fluidity was just a way of being. That's, Absolutely. And yeah. he, you know, it, you, you know, on one hand, he'd be, he, he'd sing so sweetly. And he'd even say that he enjoys his falsetto because it's, he, he admires a, the, a female voice. He admires women and how they sing. So he, he really is going for that. He's not using it, you know. And in the same time, you know, like, you don't fuck with Prince. Like, he, he, like he's, he's a total badass. I mean, he's just, you know, he's, he's the, he was the kind of guy that you did just didn't mess with. Cause you know, he's, he's, he has that, that, that lion quality to him, you know, male lion quality. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've also seen a video of those, uh, those guys, see that one with the guys, like the three French guys, I think dancing, to Beyonce and they had they dance in high heels. Yes, and they're incredible. It was like, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, so how do I feel about high heels? Um, my wife of four years and we recently were breaking up, but um, she's six feet tall, and so when she wore heels, um, well, she didn't really wear heels that much, anyways. But like, um, it was like. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really bother me, I guess, but like, it, you know, it, it's like, you know, I had to like adjust how we like walk together in our hand placements and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I I guess if 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 if, it, if women are just genuinely wanting to wear white high heels, you know, go yeah, for it. Like, they, I, I we don't, should all wear what we want to wear. Always, sure. I always find it kind of a bummer when women do things that they're not wanting to do because they think men like them. Yeah, you know, whether it's like whether it's yeah. like boot breast implants or something. I was like, listen, like, I don't want to like, if you want to do that or if you want to wear that much makeup or you like, that's cool. Like I'm not like on some level, I don't want to be the guy who shamed people for doing things like that. Cause I've kind of somewhat gone in that territory a little bit with like my, I want everything to be natural sort of guy. But can you just, it's like, if there was no man in society, would you still be doing that? Like, are you, you know, it's like, it's just kind of a bummer for me when I see women do that. And 
I want them to express themselves that that's just really true for them. Like rock on, wear yeah. high heels, wear high heels on the house. Like, you know, just don't yeah, step out the kitchen. It's interesting too, because there's this fine line between, you know, what are we doing that really empowers us and that we feel empowered by because it's a personal choice yeah. and what society has taught us like about with the gender roles and stuff like that. You know, are yeah. we, are we wearing those shoes or getting those implants because we've internalized these messages right. and therefore then they become, you know, and yeah. again, I think about that a lot. Yeah. I'm also curious and, and this is me going on a limit a little bit. I don't really know, but you know, women will say, well, I, I dress for other women. You know, that's a common thing. Like women say, well, I, I, why did you dress this way? Well, I, for other women, not for guys. Okay, well, it's like if we removed guys from society, would you still dress like this? And, and then is are the desires of women that you're dressing for is that then, is that still circled around back to men? I've always felt weird when people say that women dress for women. Um, and I've heard a lot of women say that, but I just have never felt that way. Yeah. But I also, I would not want to mislead anybody in any way, physically, emotionally, whatever. Like I would yeah. rather, when I did use online dating in my early 20s, I used a profile picture. I was modeling at the time and I didn't want like a modeling photo sure. up there. Yeah. So it was me and my curlers with like, which I don't even use, but I thought, just thought it looked kind of weird. Yeah. And I thought somebody who's going to not care about that will, might be cool. Yeah. And I had glasses on and it was like this weird, weird picture. Cause I actually felt the opposite. I felt like I want somebody who is not going to, I don't feel like I have to change myself for, which yeah. I think a lot of times when we feel that way, cause certainly at times in my life, I have felt like I need to change myself for somebody. Yeah. And I think that has so much more to do with our sense of self and, and also what we're being, arguably kind of brainwashed, you know, to, to believe what matters and, yeah. and to think that we have to look a certain way. Yeah. Oh, I know. I love that. And, and if I saw a woman who presented herself that way on an online profile, I would like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, it, and it said that says something about you, you know, which is good. And I think guys will pick that up like men. We just have this way of, of understanding you know, of, of, of like, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those weird intuitive things. Like honestly, can't really explain it. I, you know, I, Ray Charles said, and, and I think it was in a movie or documentary or something like that. He, what he would do is he would, when he meet, met women, cause he's blind, um, he would, he would shake their hand and then, and then grab their, and then hold their wrist and he would just kind of feel their wrist. And what he'd be doing is sensing how much fat is on it. Not that it's like body fat percentage. I mean, it's just, but you know, even something like that, you can get a sense of someone's body just from touching their wrist. And I think that's a nice metaphor for what guys tend to do because we don't, women don't walk around naked all day, so we can't see what they look like. Um, and we don't, and, and again, and this is, again, this is just on a biological, physical attraction level. And there's so many other reasons that men choose women, but it is it's just part of our psyche. So we, we want to know that stuff and we're interested and, and I think hopefully I think that would be good news for women. Cause I'm basically saying like, you are who you are, like dress for yourself. Like you're, you're can't, I mean, you're not like, you're not going to make that much of a difference. If you're trying to like, if you're, you know, I can't like, tell if that's really inspiring or kind of really know. depressing. But. Maybe it's depressing, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean that message of just be you is huge. And I think, you know, there are it's like, times it's like women, like women are going to see like for guys, like, you know, if you if you've had enough honest conversation with women about what they perceive in guys, you realize at some point you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I can't really hide. Like it's like, 
I can pretend to not be upset or I can pretend this stuff. But at some level, it's like, it's totally just futile. Yeah. You know, like women just, they just see through you. Like it's just, yeah. you know, and, and if they, there's, there's two types of women. There's women who see through you and say something about it. And there's women who see through you and don't say anything about it. But that's it's it. not to you. That's it. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, not to you, but they'll say it in their, to their friends or something or, but you can't fool anybody. And so, so why try? You know, and I think there's like a, there's a comfort in that. It's also can be, uh, you know, it can make you anxious, I guess. Yeah. No, I like that. The, the whole idea of just don't do it for anyone else, you know, whether that's heels or a toupee or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 All of that. So I have to ask you about period sex because I get questions from women fairly often. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of different views. I've encountered different views in males in my own life. How do you feel about it? Um, I'm cool with it. Um, most of the women I've been with, uh, don't mind, you know, so it kind of usually default to her. If she's like, I don't like having sex with my period. Okay. Whatever. If she's like, I do. I'm like, okay. Um, what I found really helpful over the years, and this is kind of back to like how I was educated in the twenties, my twenties by women. I think that it's probably a good idea for a lot of women, especially if men aren't comfortable with period sex. If they're already like, oh yeah, it's great. Then you probably have a sense that he knows what a period is and how that all works. But even in my recent relationship, which was four years, like my partner, like the first like six couple months, like she like pulled me aside and like taught me about her body in ways that like I just maybe didn't understand. Like she uses a diva cup, like, oh, cool. Like, I mean, I don't know. I got curious, but she was like, she was actively like just teaching me about any female anatomy stuff I was missing, which again, I, since I just got it like sporadically, I would never, there's no comprehensive sex education program. There was just some things I didn't realize like, oh, that's interesting or whatever. And so I think that if a, if a woman is with a man and she senses that he's not really hip to all the things going on in her body, I think it would be a good idea to just like go, okay, cool. The, so he must not understand. That's totally cool. Let me explain it. I, like, I think women just have to get how uneducated most men are about that process. And they're just afraid of it because they don't know what it is. Yeah. We're just like, it's just total naivete. You know, we're like, um, <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, she's doing that woman thing. I don't understand it. And I love that you said, you know, find out. Like, you don't necessarily need to spill the whole, no pun intended, education all out right, right away or right. <laughs> or in your first date when you're having yeah. these big conversations yeah. or or whatever, but finding out their comfort level first. And then if, it, if they're uncomfortable even learning about it, then maybe going in, in very subtle, small steps where you educate along the way, right. you know, or, or just... You're always retracing. So even yeah. if they're uncomfortable learning about it, that would make me think, okay, so... There's probably actually other conversations that we haven't had. Yeah. You know, keep going back and back and back. And then it's like, you're going to find a place where they were like, kind of just like left off the wagon when it comes to like learning about this stuff. And, and it'll be a huge service to fill them in, you know, and they can go, oh, okay. Oh, also women like sex. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Uh, Oh, this is, you know, I just, it's just constant education and also you're, you're not just educating them on women in general, but you're also educating them on like what you, your uniqueness, which is, you know, so you can learn about women in general, but then you also have to understand that like not every woman has the G spot in the same exact location or doesn't always feel the same. Or when a woman gets aroused, some get really wet, some them don't like, it's okay. It doesn't mean anything. You can use lube, not use lube, whatever. Like all these things are like little nuances that like need to be talked about. 
And you might as well, you know, talk about it too if you're talking about the general sex education stuff. Yeah. And I think that it's the same goes for men. Like I've educated women, you know, and I'm like, don't run your hand over the top of my cock. Like that's a very, that'll like, that opening there, like don't touch that, (laughs) you know, that hurts. And surprisingly had to, tell women that recently that are you know like but hey whatever like i get i don't i don't like you're a bad person i'm just like hey just so you know that hurts <laughs> that doesn't feel good <laughs> it's yeah. you know and, and i'm like so we all have to do that you know um and and that's just the way could we this is welcome to you know post puritan america like we have to educate each other in sex so true somebody has to do it so yeah you know just just understand that it's like from almost all men Especially if they're afraid of it. We're only honestly only afraid of it because we don't understand it. And we haven't learned to have a communicate have a conversation about the boundaries which would have us be okay with it. Mm. Right. Like it's so much fun, right? Thanks again, Dave, for joining me. To hear our full chat, which includes what superpower Dave believes all men have and who he considers his sex role model, visit dudepanel.com. Speaking of dudes and sex ed, I asked Dr. Megan to weigh in as well, specifically on what she wishes boys would learn in sex education. Oh, that's a great question. I mean, because I must say, still in our country, so much of sex ed is abstinence only. And, um, you know, often, at least historically, there hasn't even been a requirement that it was uh, scientifically accurate, which is disturbing beyond measure. Um, And so, you know, I think when it comes to sexuality, first of all, I think it's about... um, you know, helping, you know, guys make sense of their bodies, right? Like, that's the thing about adolescence is like hormones, <laughs> feelings, like all this stuff is coming online so fast. And it's almost like, oh my God, like, they, you know, they're just trying to make sense of their world. So I think first and foremost, sex education should help normalize um, what puberty is and what hormones are like and what's happening in their bodies and nocturnal emissions and wet dreams and masturbation and the whole nine yards. Like I really think that um, helping guys realize like this is completely normal, this is completely healthy, this is an opportunity to figure out my turn-ons. Um, I also think current sex ed should talk a lot about uh, porn and by that I mean, you know, because there's not a lot of sex ed or maybe parents aren't taking on that role, you know, so many people get their education from porn and I'm like, okay, porn is really bad sex education because if you think every woman wants to, you know, have a threesome and, you know, basically have anal sex and all these other things that you see so uh, frequently, you know, I think it gives them an unrealistic expectation of, and what's missing here is it's so focused on sex and, um, again, on our culture, I consider it performance. It's like, erection, penetration, orgasm, mutual orgasms. It's like, whoa, wait, 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 where's the connection? Where's the intimacy? Where's the building of arousal? Where's the like entire body? And in a sense, more the tantric, um, recognizing that it's a huge opportunity to really explore turn-ons and um, what it is like to give and receive pleasure. And I think that that whole pleasuring piece is, is getting lost. Absolutely. I love what you said about all of that. I think it's so important that that porn is discussed because they're looking at it. I mean, not maybe not all, but it's kids know more about porn a lot of times than adults do. And then it's not even addressed. And I also think that porn sort of makes it even more important to talk about consent because so many things happen sort of spontaneously or somebody walks into a room and uh, there's not necessarily a lot of consent happening. Do you think that 
consent conversations should be part of sex ed too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, you know, not only that consent is a part of it, but that consent is something that changes over, it could change over time, right? You could get a complete, what I call, I often use the green light, yellow light, red light, right? Um, and that, you know, you might start the evening that, you know, she's full, you know, dead on ready. And then, you know, a few drinks in and she's exhausted and tired and possibly even passed out. It's, it's to appreciate that consent is not only something that happens once, but it happens over the course of an evening and sort of that idea of no is no. And the thing that I love, and I would have your viewers listen or look at, sorry, consent is tea. I mean, this thing is the most amazing piece of psychoeducation. You know, it's like just because she wanted tea on Saturday doesn't mean she wants it today. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> or by the time it took you to brew the tea and now you come back, she no longer is interested in tea. You don't throw it down her throat. You know, it's yes, just like, I've seen it. It's so great. I'll have to it's share amazing. the, the and, to and that. It's amazing. And I think anybody... You you know, that should be like, a, I think, as we're talking about, like a mandatory part of like sex ed, you have the consensus tea video, it's humorous, it's lighthearted, but it really drives home the point that it's something that's getting negotiated all the time. Um, and, you know, it's not personal, it's not a rejection, but like people change their mind. Yes. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes if you haven't, leave a review while you're there, and hop over to my blog at augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org for extras. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.